Loki shook his head. Then he went outside to pens where the animals were kept, and he came back into the wedding feast, leading a large, extremely irritated billy goat. Loki irritated the goat even more by tying a strong rope tightly around its beard. Then Loki tied the other end of the rope around his own private parts. He tugged on the rope with his hand. The goat screamed, feeling its beard tugged painfully, and it jerked back. The rope pulled hard on Loki's private parts. Loki screamed and grabbed for the rope again, yanking it back. The gods laughed. It did not take a lot to make the gods laugh, but this was the best thing they had seen in a long time. They placed bets on what would be torn off first, the goat's beard or Loki's private parts. They mocked Loki for screaming. Like a fox wailing in the night time, exclaimed Baldur, stifling his laughter. Loki sounds like a weeping baby, giggled Baldur's brother Hod, who was blind but still laughed every time Loki screeched. Skadi did not laugh, though the ghost of a smile began to haunt the corners of her lips every time the goat screamed or Loki wailed like a child in pain. Her smile became a little wider. We're doing fine, I'm doing Welcome to Book Club, everyone. <laughs> it's official. <laughs> Episode one of We're Doing Fine Book Club. We did I'm it. Robbie. We're finally doing a thing. <laughs> He's Robbie. You're Robbie. I'm Robbie. <laughs> you, just, you just said I'm Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm She's, Loki. It's been a long day for Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lisa. And I am Robbie. <laughs> that was right, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You said the right name. I said the wrong name. We're both Robbie, and this is my podcast. <laughs> Double the Robbie. <laughs> oh, the best. <laughs> Truly. As you can tell with our very classy opener, we read Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. And it was fantastic. I thought I would hate it, I'm not going to lie. Oh, really? Yeah. I was given the book by a customer from my work about a year ago. Okay. And I've been putting off reading it because I was like, I'm going to hate this. <laughs> but I act- I actually loved it. So Yeah, no, yeah. I think it was super interesting. So I listened to the audiobook. Oh, who narrated it? Neil Gaiman. Ooh. He does a lot That's of his own cool. audiobooks, which is really cool. And did he pronounce everything? Yes. <laughs> oh, I wish I had that because I am 100% sure I've made up a lot of wrong pronunciations. Oh, yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of things like... Because I just picked up the book to, like, leaf through it and look at the different, like, look at the table of contents, basically. And, like, just going through a couple of the books, I was like, oh, dear God, I would have gotten that so wrong. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Even now, I'm like, it's been a week since I listened to it, so I'm sure I'm going to pronounce some things wrong. Feel free to correct us on Twitter. Um, (laughs) Oh, please do, yes. So, let's start off with an easy one. What was your favorite story? Which I'm pretty sure we can tell by the opening bit. <laughs> Favourite story was, yeah, basically the one where um, Thor and Loki, let's see if I remember this. And sorry to our listeners, you're going to hear a lot of me shuffling back and forth with my pages. So if I remember correctly, it is the one where the um, they make a man who is like basically poetry. Oh, okay, yes. And then and then to The Meat of Poets. Ja- that's the one. Yes, yes. Yes. And then and then so yeah, two giants I think find him and kill him, um, turn his blood into mead using honey and then keep it to themselves. And then No, that's not it. No, they were two dwarves. The where, but that's not it either because that's where that's when Zeus drinks it all. 
There's no Zeus in this book. <laughs> not Zeus. Odin. Odin. Oh, that's right. It's not about the um it's not about the mead, it's about the apples. Oh. So it's the apples of immortality. That's the one that I like. Yeah, okay, so let's restart that. Okay, so my favourite story was the one about uh, apples of immortality, which basically starts with Loki making a deal with an eagle. Yes. Um. So he basically the eagle stole the food, Loki chased him, and then Loki bit off more than he could chew, and the eagle said, listen, I'll, I'll let you live, but you have to give me Eduns. Yeah. Eduns, yeah. Uh, apples of immortality, which the gods use to stay young because these aren't normal gods, they're like gods that age. Yeah. Long story short, they end up having to kill the eagle to save Idun. The eagle turns out to have been a giant, and then the giant's daughter comes back being like, yo, you killed my dad, give mm-hmm. me compensation. And they agree to three things. A husband. Yes. Laughter. Yes. And I've forgotten the third thing. And a third thing. And a third thing. I think that's interesting because that one I didn't... I mean, aside from the bit that you read, I didn't find it that one to stand out very much. Oh, and a, and a way for her dad to be remembered. Oh, that yeah. That was the third thing. That was thing. very sweet. And we forgot about yeah. it. <laughs> we did forget about it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's <Oops>. great. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I just loved every single time... Thor had to like go through his thought process. He was like, "Well, what thought? Pro- there was no thought process. His thought process oh, you, you, at the you beginning of everything th- was like, yeah. is it Loki's fault? If yes, go harass Loki. If not, yeah. go ask Loki for help." Yeah, but it was even simpler than that. It was assume it was Loki's fault, and then once it was proven not to be Loki's fault, yeah, <laughs> ask for Loki's help. Yeah. <laughs> And I love because it was so different. So this actually brings us to our first question, which comes from Callum. How do you feel about Marvel's Thor versus the Thor in Norse mythology? Um, I quite like... uh, It's not that I like this Thor more than the Marvel Thor, Mm -hmm. but I think this Thor made more sense in the context of the stories. Like, they were all quite... Like, the gods aren't great. They're not good characters no and in, in, in the sense that they're they're written like i'm not meaning that they're not written well they are characters that you you a lot of the time you're like why are you doing that guys yeah it's not a good thing to do yeah um <laughs> they're, they're deeply so, deeply flawed yeah but i think that's one of the reasons that i sort of loved them at the same time was that you know you love to sort of hate them at, yeah or not even hate them but just be like guys come on now yeah like you the fact that they know they're gods right and they're yeah. so cocky about it. Like, what they love to do is trick people and then laugh at the torture that they've created. Yeah, yeah. Like, with the guy that built the wall. Yes. So that one was the Master Builder. That's the story. Um, And they promised, was it Freya? The beautiful, beautiful Freya. Yes, they promised Freya. The sun um, and the moon. Freya's hand in... Freya's hand in marriage, the sun and the moon, to a builder if he can build a wall bigger and wider than any wall that has ever been built before to surround Asgard within one season. So he's got until the end of the winter mm-hmm. to build this wall, even though he'd asked for three. Yeah. Um, but he almost does it, so they sabotage him. Um, and the way they sabotage and, him... Oh my goodness, Loki, <laughs> you old... I was going to say old dog, but you old fool. <laughs> Loki, taking one for the team in a situation he caused... 
pretend or changes into a foal and then lets the builder's horse ride off into the sunset with him uh, and I don't think at he that. intended for that to happen though I don't think he planned it to happen but he definitely was away for long enough to give birth to a to a slip <laughs> which was um I mean awesome Odin's got a new horse now so yeah Kind of yeah. weird that you gave your dad your son. Well, no, he's not technically his dad in actual Norse yeah. mythology, which is interesting. They're blood brothers. Blood brothers, yeah. <laughs> you gave your blood yeah. brother your son. <laughs> which you don't, I don't know if you thought about that, but I was like, that's pretty fucked up. But also when yeah. you consider all of Loki's children, they're all pretty yeah. fucked up. Um. This is completely unrelated to what we're t- talking about just now, but one of the things that I absolutely loved about the book was how um, how transparent it was about how it was going to end. Like yes. the first thing, the first thing we learn about Loki is that Loki's a trickster, and he will be fighting in the final battle of Ragnarok, but he will not be fighting on the side of the gods. And I was like, yeah. oh, oh, <laughs> okay. yeah, which kind of like you see the you see the tale of Ragnarok kind of. It's the only, like, thread that really puts these stories together, because otherwise they're yeah. completely different tales, so they just have the same cast of character. But you see slowly that Ragnarok is just ever creeping towards yeah. it. So I yeah. think that really helped it actually be a novel to me, rather than, like, in a collection of essays or something. Yeah, yeah. And I think he said that as well, like, he um, at the start, I don't know if you had the, the introduction bit on yes. your audiobook, where he, like, explains about writing it. But he was like, they were random stories. And then by the end of it, when he'd written it and collated it together, he, he felt that they portrayed a journey. And I was like, hmm. Yeah. Very good. Which I appreciated for sure, because I was just kind of like, well, like, I think it took me about halfway, maybe maybe a third of the way through to really pick up and start enjoying it. Because okay. I went, I had to, like, adjust my expectations of what I was going to get out of it. Right. Yeah. See, I had the opposite. I was worried about it, and then when I picked it up, I read it in a day. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I went um, through it pretty quickly, but that's... Um. So what did you think of the Marvel versus Norse mythology Thor's? I mean, obviously I love Chris Hemsworth, but <laughs> I feel like this was Leo. a much closer depiction to what the actual Thor, quote-unquote actual Thor, would yeah. be. Um. I I enjoyed that he was very stupid and that he was very predictable and that most of his mistakes were very humorous. Like, it was just kind of like, oh, yes, I am Thor. Obviously, I am a big hunky man and protects everyone. Yeah, like Thor is doing one of two things in the entire novel. He's either eating or he's hitting things with his hammer. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's all he does. But that's all he needs to do because he's a god. Yeah, I just... It was a very fun, like, portrayal of him. Because, like, in Freya's Unusual Wedding, which I think was Mm -hmm. probably one of my favorites, just because (laughs) it was just, like, Thor was like, ah, no, you have a plan, Heimdall. It's going to be a great plan. And then Heimdall was like, we're going to dress you up in a wedding dress and make you pretend to be Freya. And he's like, no, I do not like this plan. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was a good bit, sir. And then it was just the way, like, he like he was so casual about it. And then there was food. And he was just putting all the food in his mouth. And then the guy was like, I've never seen a woman eat so much. And then Loki yeah. used to be like, she starved herself from nine days and nine nights. She's just hungering for you. Yeah. 
Why is her, why are her eyes so scary? That's her passion for you. Her, her phone is burning up for you. That was go. very good. Yeah, just like I like how they have this plan. Thor just straight up ruins plans with his appetite. Yeah, and but I get it. I feel that struggle. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get it. I get it, Thor. But that's not that's not how diet culture works. <laughs> he eats like Michael Phelps. I I can't explain it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Michael Phelps. He's all right. He's a good, good swim boy. He's a beautiful swim boy. Anyway, that's got nothing to do with the book. <laughs> uh, this is not we're doing fine. This is book club. I mean, Robbie needs to it's stay. It's a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, still got to be on brand. Still got yeah. to let everyone know that I'm a massive raging thirsty boy. <laughs> um, I was like, what? what? What's the end of that sentence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as I started to say it, I could remember my mum making fun of me for saying porncast in the last episode. And I was like, no, don't say it. Oh, so good though. <laughs> All right. Um, so this question comes from Brittany. Thank you, Brittany. In the novel, it seems that all roads lead to Ragnarok. How did they get there? And do you think it was actually inevitable? Oh, an excellent question. Yeah. Um. Because, like, you can see, like, in Loki's children, the story about Loki's children, like, Odin makes a massive fucking mistake. Yeah. With that big, big wolf man. He's a big, big wolf man. Big, big wolf. Yeah, I... What was the question again? So... It was two parts, wasn't there? Yeah, so it seems that all roads lead to Ragnarok. Um, how did they get there? And, well, let's start with that. How did they get to Ragnarok? Okay, I think they got to Ragnarok. Actually, no, I spent like 10 minutes answering the last question. You answer this one. <laughs> so, and then I'll I mean, let you know if I agree or not. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole thing about Ragnarok is like, I think it led to everything that built up to Ragnarok was an, it was an accumulation of all of the mistakes the gods made. It was the amalgamation of the fact that they were so full of themselves. They were so cocky. They were like, it was so us versus them within them. Like they were so clicky and it it was all human errors, right? Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Right. It's human error. Yeah. That they were like, it's all, He's they they and they all assume that everyone's out to get them. Yeah, like everyone's jealous is arrogance. It's arrogance. Yeah, like yeah. They, were, they got so cocky in themselves. They set up a, a a scenario in which they got rid of everyone that was a problem to them long enough for them to fall asleep. Yeah, long enough for everyone that hates them to then organize an army against them. Yeah, they didn't. They had no need to go. And if like the, if they had even thought to even try and talk to that big wolf, they would have been mm-hmm. like like Tyr. Tyr obviously didn't think that the wolf needed to be chained up. He sacrificed his hand because he felt bad. Yeah. But but what what's really sad is that he did that because he so like he put his hand in the wolf's mouth, knowing that the wolf would not get out of those chains again. Yeah. So he knew he was going to lose a hand. Yeah. And that's really sad. Yeah, that was really sad, and I was just like, what kind of like. He could have stood up for this newfound friend he was making, but mm-hmm. he also was so stuck in the ways of the gods. He was like, well, there's no way I'm going to be able to convince them. Odin and all of his wisdom. Yeah. Um, and then the second part was, do you think it was inevitable? Yeah. I kind of do. I think that the whole idea of Ragnarok is that it is, I think, 
what you hit on your head, what what you hit on the head is that it's it's the accumulation of human error, of yeah. arrogance, of hubris, and I think where it leads is that because obviously it ends with a big cycle, it ends with the the game beginning again. Yeah. And I, and I think Ragnarok is there at the end to remind people that you will fuck up and you will have to face the consequences. Yeah. And obviously, like a world-ending war is 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 a it's a pretty big very big example of that. <laughs> but um, but I think um, it's just there to serve the purpose of like remember that consequences or actions have consequences, I guess. But then I also have a different attitude towards Ragnarok, but I'll save that for later. But do you think it was completely inevitable? Like, if they hadn't chained up Loki in that end, in the ending, if they hadn't, you know, ostracized Loki's children, if they had tried to make some peace with the giants, because, like, there were some, obviously, some giants who they happily coexisted with, and some that they but obviously I, did not. But I do think it's still inevitable, because whether or not they were nice to them people, like, there was still the, the fire world that opened up and out that army like that army was had never met them before that's they, true they were still gonna come because so like, i think there was, was the whole valhalla right yeah which barely got mentioned and was very important yeah but then like even in the ragnarok story wasn't touched like they didn't mention any of the soldiers that were apparently supposed to fight alongside odin in this ragnarok war yeah but um, um but yeah i think was ragnarok inevitable yes i think it was was the outcome inevitable? No, I think that was because of their arrogance and hubris and that they they allowed people that didn't necessarily have to have beef with them to have beef with them to side with other people. And I think Loki's a great example of that. Like Loki decided to fight yeah. with the with the other like he literally fought against his people because they chained them up in a in a in a hole. Yeah. They chained him up with his own son's guts. Yeah. Which is like, why? And left his poor wife to try and stop poison dripping on his face. Which I mean, they were like, you're not being punished. You can just leave him. Which is kind of like, I get it. But also stupid on her part. She, he wasn't a faithful husband by any means. Like, True. But she didn't have anything else left. They'd killed her two kids. That's true. Yeah. There's other gods. And apparently some of them have pretty feet, so if this you're into true. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No judgment, no judgment. Let's see. I think I have another question from Callum. Ooh. So this one is also about Ragnarok. Do we think the Ragnarok described at the end of the book has any similarities to the climate crisis we see the world suffering right now? Dang, oh. boy, you're getting deep. I'm so proud of my brother because I had exactly the same thought. Like, really? To a point, yeah. So I can actually read you the bit that made me think of it. Yes, um, please do. Excuse me. Right, where is it? <clears throat> right, it will begin with the winter. This will not be a normal winter. This winter will begin and it will continue. Winter following winter. There will be no spring, no warmth. People will go hungry and they will be cold and they will be angry. Great battles will take place all across the world. Brothers will fight brothers. Fathers will fight will kill sons mothers and daughters will be set against each other skip a wee bit along and then we've got twilight will come to the world and the place where the humans live will fall into ruins flaming briefly then crashing down and crumbling into ash and devastation then when the few people few remaining people are living like animals the sun in the sky will vanish as if eaten by a wolf 
and the moon will be taken from us too, and no one will be able will be able to see the stars for any longer. Darkness will fill the air like ashes, like mist. Um, and then there's another bit where it goes. After that, there will come time of great earthquakes. The mountains will shake and crumble. Trees will fall, and any remaining places where people live will be destroyed. The earthquakes will be so great that all bonds and shackles and fetters will be destroyed. Um, and then it talks about Fenris. Um, and then it goes, there will be no more life in the oceans where the Midgard serpent writhes. The rotty corpses of fish and of whales and of seas and of sea monsters will wash in the waves. Oh, I've skipped a bit. Oh, the bit that was important. There will be flooding too as the sea rises and surges onto the land. Oh. Your Mungandr, the Midgard serpent, huge and dangerous, will writhe in its fury closer and closer to the land. The venom from its fangs will spill into the water, poisoning all the sea life. It will spatter its black poison into the air in a fine spray, killing all the seabirds that breathe it. Damn. So are you saying like, we're steps away from Ragnarok right now? I am 100% that is what I'm saying. <laughs> because. Yeah. You you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be alarmist or anything, but I'm pretty sure Ragnarok's coming. <laughs> yeah. It looks Any minute now. And then some asshole's like, it came out in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> man that was i also just like ragnarok such a cool word anyways yes no i think there's definitely some parallels to climate change in there because like all of that black shit that's oil that all of the fucking oil spills from Mm -hmm. us piercing the earth like a serpent's fang yeah fun fact england has had flood warnings consistently for the past three weeks oh that's fun Mm mm-hmm like the whole country? Um, no, just like certain areas because of ma- mass rain. Also, there's been a um a survey done, and basically most of where I live, like the actual like streets that I am living on at the moment, mm-hmm. will not exist in twenty thirty because oh, wow. it will be flooded. It yeah. will be alive then, probably. I I literally have ten years to find a new flat. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Unless I luck out, some of the surveys say that I'll just have an ocean view. So. <laughs> oh that's fucked up it really just depends i mean you'll have an ocean view at some point <laughs> and that's the dream truly no i think that's definitely an interesting parallel like i didn't it even think also, about it y'all are so smart it was the first thing i saw and i'm so happy that cal mentioned it because i saw that he tweeted that he had questions but i didn't even look at them and i'm kind of annoyed now because now i don't have anything to talk about because that was going to be like my big finisher <laughs> be like look at this big profound thing i found yeah and then callum's like actually honey i had it first <laughs> no no robbie we're Ooh. gonna have to end on tits and giggles like we always do yes <laughs> oh man speaking of this question comes from cheyenne oh hello cheyenne uh so just take a look at the major three gods odin thor and loki what do you mm-hmm. think of them as characters as gods um yeah she just wants to ask about what we thought of the major three gods Mm, well first of all they're all male well sometimes loki isn't (laughs) (laughs) true um no this is the thing is that i liked them no rather i loved them as characters but i didn't like them at any point yeah, like, they no. upset me more than I actually, like, was proud of what they were doing or enjoyed reading what they were doing. Oh, I was never proud most... of anything they did. Um... No, yeah. <laughs> like, most of the time, I was just like, guys, please. Yeah. Why Why are you like this? 
even like Odin, who you expect, like he has all the wisdom. He sacrificed his eye. He sacrificed himself to himself to get the knowledge of Yggdrasil and the world tree and all that. He went and tricked some poor giant's daughter by fucking her and pretending to love her for some poetry that he eventually slurped all up and then to get like keep his to to keep his the people following him at bay shat some of it out on them yeah that was really upsetting that actually really affected me <laughs> i read it in starbucks and i was like <laughs> Like there, it was. It was like the sentence leading up to it, and I was like, "No, no, he." Oh, fuck, <laughs> fuck's sake, Odin! Really? Question: If Odin's the All Father, is any sex he has incest? All of it is. No, 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 because he, they he didn't actually. I mean, so he didn't. I know. They weren't I know. his children. They they used magic to make wood into people, which is like really upsetting. Yeah, so you're just, just all, all wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was Lisa that said that one. I just want that on record that I didn't make the smutty comment. Lisa did. Thank you. I think this is because I'm the late night one and you're the morning one today while we're recording. It's true. So whoever's yeah. like later in the day tends to be the dirtier one in the recording. It's true. I think in the morning you're a bit like, mm, not the time. Yeah. It's not the time. Like, dear God, Robbie, I just woke up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is all the smut? Crass. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> no one's buying that. <laughs> I live in the gutter. I sleep in the gutter. It's fine. Don't worry. All the gutters are dry over in California because there's no rain. There's no rain. Oh, hey. burn. No, like we're literally burning. It's true. That's not <laughs> the it's Ragnarok, everyone. Mm, I told you. <laughs> and, but what did you think of them? I, I mean, I, I felt very similar to you. Like, I, I was just constantly disappointed in them. I don't know. I, yeah. I feel like Thor was just like a big lovable dummy with like literally a ton of bloodlust. But aside from that, a big lovable dummy. Mhm, mhm. Um, and I think the reason that you're, I think. One thing that I noticed is that at no point did I not like them. I was just constantly disappointed. And I think it's because they're gods. Yeah. Like, you you kind of, you want to hold them up to this, like, on this pedestal and be like, oh my god, guys, you're amazing. And then they do something and be like, okay, not at that point. That was a low one, guys. Yeah. Um, that, yeah that was a real, that uh, was upsetting. But back on that pedestal. And then the next story, you'd be like, oh, you did that? You, you, did <laughs> you really okay. just did that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this actually serves perfectly into a question from Danny. Danny asks, what purpose did the, these stories serve in the culture? Because I can't see it. I don't know about you. I can't see any purpose for half these stories. Like, some of them, yes, like the meat of poetry. This is where poetry comes from. Surprisingly, it's mostly blood. But I think... um the the book the book's only fault i would say is that it doesn't go into um the or i mean it does but very briefly so like it talks about the gods and what they're gods of because the the, the society that were worshiping these gods yeah was it it was very fickle and uh, you know it it mentions at the start of the book that they 
they don't respect their gods at all, but they no, no, they don't like their gods, but they respect and fear them. And so it it's not that so like they share these stories to remind them of why they worship these gods because oh. they did. So, you know, each god had a different thing that they were god of. And so, you know, if uh, if you were going into war, you would, I don't know, pray to Thor yeah. and wish for the might of his mighty hammer. Um, and so I guess th- those stories were just told around in the same way that churches have Sunday services. Yeah. Like, because it, it w- obviously that's like a really difficult parallel, but, like, you know, like people go on on a Sunday to remind them of their faith and to get spiritual yeah. uh, guidance and all of this stuff and and that it, there's no basis like that in this sort of religion if we want to call it that um so instead they just share the stories to remind each other of who and what the gods are for yeah it's I, like I all right personally. thor you giant ass <laughs> like yeah I'm yeah gonna give exactly you, i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna make my sacrifice to you yeah <laughs> because i respect you, you but I know you're a giant ass. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I just want to put a, a disclaimer right now out here that everything I, and I'm going to assume Lisa, everything we say is literally based on what we've read because I, I didn't know anything about Norse mythology before this. Same. So so anything I'm saying is probably complete bullshit based on the one book that I have read on it. Yeah. So do not take this as gospel. I am just assuming based on... Sorry, presuming, because presuming is when there's uh, experience of context. Assuming is when you have no context and you just make Someone's using their degree. <laughs> it's because at work everyone's like, oh, you assumed, did you? And I go, because then they lead in with, you know what assuming does, it makes an asset of you and me. And I yeah. go, no, 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 I presumed based on context, context from previous experiences. And it really ruins their joke. Nice. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really proud of that. <laughs> and we have one more question. This one is also from Brittany. <gasps> hi, Brittany. Hi, Brittany. I realized I, d- I didn't say hi to Brittany Rude. before. Um, I know. I'm the worst. This one is asking, how do these gods compare to the gods of other mythologies in your eyes? <gasps> oh. Do we see similarities? Do we see differences? I mostly see differences. But, like, if you think about it, Greek mythology would probably be the biggest mythology that, like, I ha- am familiar enough with to draw a lot of comparisons. Yes, oh, I love Greek mythology. And like the Odin character in that is obviously Zeus, and Zeus fucks. So like that makes sense. Yeah, I think the um, the the biggest difference that I see in it is that the, the the gods almost sort of have a humanity to them, in that they they're not they're not invulnerable. Yeah. No, they no they are vulnerable. Because you know, even their existence relies on magic apples. Like, yeah, they they are inherently flawed and mortal creatures that require magical items that were given to them by this world that they encapsulate. And it's only through luck that they get it. And you know, in one of the stories, they lose the apples and they all age, and all of a sudden they're all really old. Yeah, and they can't do any of the stuff that they do, so they have to get the apples back. Like, though, even then, the, the Thor most... was like low key. Even old, yes. I can fuck your shit up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With the just of my thumb. No. <laughs> I bet that's quite a thumb, Thor. Um, <laughs> I'm so disappointed in myself. Um, 
Yeah, no, I think that's... <laughs> um, I think that's one of the reasons that I could sort of justify and understand these gods more is because they didn't sort of... They sort of... Um, they'd sort of gained this power regardless of how they were created, you know, the, like yeah. the ultimate beings before they created Midgard. But like, um, you know, they, they'd sort of gained these powers through their environment and it can easily be taken away. Whereas other gods, like in the Greek ones, that that's not really there. Like they were born with the powers and they were born to being gods sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and it makes them a little bit cocky. Yeah. No, I like that for sure. And like, I feel like the tie between being a human and being a god in Norse mythology is so much smaller. Yeah. Which I really, I mean, for them being basically human sized with just kind of like being stronger and the ability to live longer and like they each have like a special thing. Yeah. I'm like, they're. They are way too big for their britches. They're literal giants out there. Yeah, yeah. What's up with all these giants and the gods, like, shacking up together, too? Because I'm just like, that physically just does not work. Yeah. Come on, Loki. You knew better than that. Right? <laughs> no. Now there's not just a ton of more Hagrids out there. Yeah. But, like, another thing is that they all swap each other's items. So, like... Oh, yeah. You know, like, Loki will constantly be like, yo, can I borrow your cape that lets you fly? And Freya's and she's like, like, uh, nah. And then he's like, yeah, but and then I he's really like, need it. Yeah, and she's like, what was the, there's a bit where she was like, you think I will give you my cape, the cape that gives me all my power? You think that I would entrust that into your worthless hands? No, I don't think so. And then he just goes like, Thor lost his hammer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's my cape. Okay, here's my cape. My cape that gives me all my powers that I wouldn't entrust with you, except for the fact that Thor lost his fucking hammer. Because he's a yeah, big dumb idiot. He is. He is. Which is yeah. fantastic. No, but I, I really loved it. All right. Well, I think, I don't know, do you have any more things to say about Norse mythology by Neil Gaiman? I do not. Other than, I really loved it. It's actually a lot easier to read than you would think. Yeah, it does a very it does a very good job of making it accessible. Um, and yeah, I've I've already said to my mum that she can borrow it. Nice, and I... I love the cover. Oh, I know, I love the cover. Are the UK and US versions the same? No. Oh, uh, what you've got a cool one. <laughs> Even the hammer's different. Yeah, mine's like more blue. You can see. I'm and pretty co- sure you can see both versions of the book on our Instagram. I don't know. Yes, have you, you can. Have you posted? Oh, a mine was on it? our story. Okay. Mine was on our story. Well, but it's in our Facebook group. It's in our Facebook group. So if you go through all of our social media, you'll eventually come across both covers. Yeah, they're both. And you very know, it's pretty. the British one because it's called. It's it's published by Bloomsbury, oh. and it's the number one Sunday Times bestseller. Norton published this one. Interesting. I figured because there's a bit where he says in his intro, um, he's like thanking people, and he says. Thanks also to Amy Cherry at Norton. And I was looking at the book being like, this is definitely done by Bloomsbury. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, and what about you? Final words on Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology? I mean, I definitely, I always enjoy reading something by Neil Gaiman. I will always recommend him as an author just because every single thing he writes has a very different feel. Like some of his fiction definitely has like closer to the same feel like Neverwhere is probably closer to American gods and things like that or like or Ocean at the End of the Lane but this like 
he he's very versatile as a writer and I really appreciate that and he made something that usually isn't accessible to a lot of people like mythology because it's usually barred down an ancient language and they don't seem to ever try and fix it mm. um yeah no I, I think they made it very accessible and I I enjoy, I definitely enjoyed that yeah all right but do we want to do stars oh yeah we're gonna be reading a lot of books yeah so how many do we want to do out of five I, yeah I feel like that's the, the typical good read or shall we be so we be assholes and be like out of eight <laughs> Let's give it like a really archaic. So we are giving it twenty three points two yeah. hammers out of <laughs> how many? How many fines out of ten? <laughs> we're doing five fines out of ten today. <laughs> um, I would if we're doing out of five stars, I would give it. I want to say four. I would say the same actually, just because, because it took it a while very... to get in get into it. Yeah, my argument for four is that it was very easy to read. I did enjoy it while I read it, but it's not one of the books where I'm like, this has changed my life. I'm thinking about it forever now. Like, yeah. Which and I'm I've not going to rush to go read it again. Yeah. Um, like there was the, um, um, I read a book a couple of years ago, The Heart's Invisible Furies. Ooh, and it was, good title. it was haunting. It was about a gay man growing up in sort of the 70s Ireland and it was heartbreaking oh. and I was like crying in the cafe at work while I read it and I finished it and I was like like mentally not okay for about two weeks afterwards because I just kept thinking about it okay it was it was it stuck and so and I've got a high level that would be a five okay yeah yeah I'd give it a solid four um yeah it was very good it was fun to read for sure um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the introduction went on a little long. I yeah, overall I enjoyed it. I didn't find a lot of faults with it, which is my problem with books these days apparently. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think definitely good for. Yeah, good. That's good. Yeah, and do we want to announce what our next book is or next month? Oh my god, yes. Are you okay with what the new book is? Yes. Okay with it, even though I am a wimpy baby. <laughs> okay, so Marty's book club book is going to be The Whisper Man by Alex North. Um, all I would say is if you want to hear about it, listen to another podcast, listen to any episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime from December. There was the <laughs> scariest fucking advert for that book at oh, the start dear. of every episode. And it got to the point where, so I usually like to listen to the adverts just because I want to be like supportive. Yeah. Like if these people are, usually adverts are quite well curated for the people that are listening to it. Yeah. This one I had to skip because it was, it was like, when the whisper man comes to you at night. And I was like, nope, I'm okay. I don't need that in my life. I'm not. And now I'm fucking reading this book. Yep. I'm very and scared. <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm very excited because I love a horror. I don't so, like, like a genuine. I think I might go to Waterstones on like just now and buy it. I'm 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 scared. I'm gonna see if I can get it on audiobook from a library, but if not then I'll Really you wanna listen to that? Well, the thing is for me, audiobooks are easier to push through books for books especially that I'm not like that I think I'm gonna have like parts where I'm just gonna wanna stop reading. Right, okay. Because like usually I'll listen to them in the car and I'm not gonna turn it off halfway through. And then sit in silence, yeah. like, because I don't <laughs> yeah, go and play yeah. through my phone while I'm driving, because that's dangerous. 
So like it's dangerous. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, okay. I just gotta make it through the rest of this hour. <laughs> true. True. So. True. true. Well, yeah. okay, so March's book club is The Whisper Man by this Alex Norris. It's going to be a very different feel. It will be a very different feel. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so that's exciting. Please join us next month for yes, The Whisper the first, Man. The first of April, we will be debuting our review. Yeah. That was very difficult to say. <laughs> Please join us for next month and every week. We do have a regular podcast episode. Yeah. So yeah, join us next month for book club or on Tuesday for our regular posted episode. It's really mm-hmm. fun reading with you guys. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. It really helps. And let us, us know what yeah, and let us know what you think thought of this episode. Yeah, on Twitter at WDFcast or stick it in a comment on Instagram at We Are Doing Fine. You can email us suggestions or questions about the next book at We Are Doing Fine at Gmail Yes, you can. You can do that as well. Um, But that is it. Yeah. So until the 1st of April, keep Keep reading fine. fine. (laughs) I changed it. I changed it. And you you didn't get it, but that's okay. I love it. That's (laughs) No, it's awful. I'm already going to read it. I cringe at it. It's a very good one.